0: This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk.
1: I'm going to tell you a little story this morning about why I'm talking about this. This subject has become near and dear to my heart, and if there's anything I can do to help somebody through a tough time with a fire or to help ahead of time to prepare for things so a fire is not quite so devastating, then I'm going to feel really good about that. So here's what happened. A while back, about a month ago, um, here in the Siouxland area where I live, we had a really, really strong windstorm. Um, It was a nasty time and, um, you know, winds upwards of 60, 70 miles an hour. And, you know, the the next day, I know a lot of people listening probably remember waking up and having a lot of yard work to do to clear everything out. Well, we were safe at home at my house that night. My uh, daughter and my grandson uh, were there. My grandson's four years old, light of my life. And uh, anyway... We got a call about 11 o'clock that my daughter's house was on fire. Now she rents a house over in Morningside. So she jumped in her car in the middle of the storm and headed on over there to see what was going on. And unfortunately, the information was true. Her house was on fire. She was renting a great little house in Morningside from really nice landlords that uh, I, I have a lot of respect for. And, um, Apparently, uh, the strong winds had knocked down a tree branch, as they, of course, had knocked down many, many tree branches in the neighborhoods, and the tree branch had taken down a power line and trapped it on the roof of the house, and the power line was live, so it sparked and set the roof of the house on fire. It's really, really fortunate that my daughter and grandson were not home. I'm sure they would have been okay had they been home, but I'm just glad that they weren't there to have to deal with the uh, fear. I think that would have come with that, and my grandson really didn't have any trauma from it because he wasn't around. So I'm I'm very happy to be able to say that. But I will tell you that the aftermath of dealing with a fire is something that is horrific and um, really emotionally devastating for people. And now that I've witnessed it firsthand with somebody that I love going through it, then I wanted to do a. Uh, Show about it to kind of talk about what's the what have I learned that I wish I would have guided my daughter to do (laughs) beforehand, and then what are the things that you have to think about after the fact in order to get back on your feet again. So that's what we're going to talk about. So, uh, first of all, the uh, the idea of insurance I think is going to be the first thing that's on anybody's mind. So having some uh, homeowners insurance or some renters insurance I think is your primary um, risk adjustment measurement against losing everything if you do have a disaster like a fire. And here's the thing about this. So your homeowner's coverage, if you actually own the home, your homeowner's coverage is going to cover your structure and it's also gonna cover your personal possessions. And the um, the what I think that if you're listening to this you can take away is that it's a good idea to check what your limits are. If you haven't reviewed what your homeowner's coverage is in a while, then take this as an opportunity to just touch base with your insurance agent or if you go direct with the company, take a look at the policy, maybe call the customer service line and ask a few questions about what's covered and how it's covered. There is a big difference between having replacement costs in a policy and not having replacement cost. It's a lot cheaper in your policy not to have it. But if you do have a disaster and they are just going to pay you out the actual cash value of something versus the replacement cost, that is a whole different kind of paycheck that you're going to get. And let me tell you, you are not going to like the outcome if you don't have replacement costs. Replacement cost basically means that they have to replace your structure with a similar or like structure. That's kind of a basic generalized explanation of it. And replacement cost is um, hopefully going to get you back into a new home at some point in time. Now, here's what I learned about renter's insurance, which is super interesting. So I'm going to give a big thumbs up to our insurance company um, and say that our insurance company was fantastic to work with. Shout out to our landlord. The landlord was fantastic to to work with. And when I say R, that's kind of funny. I I think of it as R, although it's my daughter's. (laughs) I'm sure all you parents can understand that out there. But anyway, um, I called in the claim for my daughter while she was trying to deal with a lot of stuff, obviously. I called in the claim the very next morning at about 8 o'clock, and by 10 o'clock, they had an insurance adjuster out at her property. And um, by 11 o'clock, they already had a check in her hand for $1,000 just to help make sure she could get by and go replace at least the very basics that she would need for the upcoming week. So I'm very impressed that they reacted that swiftly and um it was it was very heartwarming to see that they they really you know were there to help and 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 when you can feel like your insurance company's on your side that's a good thing it doesn't always work out that way but in this instance I'm happy to say that it was so the um thing about the renters insurance that was really interesting was that they had a provision in the renters insurance policy that was a um Loss of use provision. And so they set my daughter and her son and their two cats up at a hotel until she could get um, new housing lined up. And you know, in our market right now, Housing, especially rental housing, is really difficult to find. So that was an incredibly impactful provision in her policy is to have that loss of use piece in there. So if you have renter's insurance, I think this is a good time to check in with it and just look and see whether or not you have a loss of use policy or a loss of use provision in your policy, I should say. So um, then that was also kind of interesting. I didn't realize that uh, so many places in our area allowed people to stay in their hotels with their pets. <laughs> so she stayed in a hotel with her son and her two cats for quite some time. So, um, all right. So the next thing that was interesting about the policy is that it had some medical coverage. And the medical coverage for us was used in kind of a, an interesting way too. I mentioned these two cats that my daughter has. Well, she was not home, but the cats were home, and so the cats were in the house during the fire and the ensuing fire department getting there and uh, putting out the fire. Lots of water all around, lots of heat, lots of smoke. I'm sure lots of scariness for those little cats, and uh, so one of the cats seemed to be fine. But the other cat was very afraid when my daughter got there and was trying to coax the cat out to, um, you know, take it and put it in her car and go somewhere with it. So um, when she was trying to take the cat out of the fire, the cat gouged and scratched her with its nails. And of course, they ended up getting infected. So, I kind of think that's like adding insult to injury, right? (laughs) You have a fire and lose all your belongings, and then you get sick because your cat scratched you. So anyway, the poor girl had to go spend some time uh at the doctor's office and, you know, on some medication and things like that, but because the incident was connected with the fire, the insurance company was gracious enough to cover the cost of that medical stuff. So that was kind of an interesting thing and unexpected that it, I was really I guess that was a learning experience for me that it would extend to that. Um they helped cover the Um, moving expenses. They helped cover uh, food that was out of the ordinary expenses since she wasn't able to eat in her own home and she had to, you know, eat out a lot during the time that she was in the hotel. So this loss of use piece uh, that is in policy is really important. So my main point with telling you about all of this renter's insurance stuff that happened was this, that The policy was there for her when she needed it. And it's so easy to just ignore the need for insurance. And it's so easy just to ignore the need, especially if you're renting a place to say, I just have a little bit of stuff. It's no big deal. I don't want to spend a couple hundred dollars a year on renter's insurance. Best $217 I've ever spent. And um, I'll tell you, when you lose everything, and you're you're faced with the idea that you have nothing. I think there's a couple different emotions that play out. Number one, it's it, it's a kind of a paralytical fear. Like you just, it's hard to make any decisions when you've just lost everything. Um, and I've seen that play out with my daughter. She'll think about, well, maybe I should put this lamp over here, and then she'll think, oh, I don't know, maybe it, another fire will happen, and it won't matter where I put this lamp. So there's a lot of emotion that goes into things when you have a disaster like that. Um, but the, uh, the, the, the idea that you've lost all of your stuff and that the sheer financial impact of it, replacing your stuff is expensive. It's ungodly expensive. And when you layer on having to maybe pay for somewhere to stay for, could be weeks, could be months when you layer on having to buy all new food or to go out to eat a lot more than expected. When you layer on the expenses of moving, um, you know, new hookups, moving your energy, you know, to a different place, uh, moving your water, moving your garbage service, things like that. All of that adds up to just a huge amount of money. And so even if you don't have a ton of possessions – The renter's insurance in the event of a disaster like that is incredibly important. So I cannot stress enough that that is something that everybody listening should either have homeowners or renter's insurance um, if you are in a position like that because it can really be your best friend If you have a disaster,
0: congratulations to Mary Sterk and the team at Sterk Financial for earning a spot on two Forbes lists for six years running, including 2023 Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisors and 2023 Forbes Top Women Wealth Advisors Best in State, number one in South Dakota.
1: So let's talk about documenting and safeguarding your records for a little bit. All right. I kind of think that doing something like this is equivalent to like maintaining your car. You know, you spend time getting an oil change. You spend time doing maintenance on your car. You spend a little money on doing that. And by doing that, your car runs better. Your car lasts longer, you know, and it it really helps prevent you from having a full and total breakdown in your vehicle. And that's what taking the time to document and store records in a smart way, I think, does for your life when you have any kind of disaster. So first of all, document. The thing about it is people are like, well, what and how should I document the things that I have? And I'm gonna give you a couple tips of what I think the easiest way to document things in case of a fire is. I think the easiest way is to either use pictures or to use a video. Now, we've probably all heard before that you should do this, but I bet that most people listening have not taken the time to actually document the possessions they have. I can tell you that I did it, but it was like five years ago. (laughs) So I don't think it's really that accurate anymore. So, um, all right, the, 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 the way to do it is to go around and take pictures of your home, if you're gonna do pictures, or take video of your home. And the, um, you can do this on a smartphone nowadays, you can do it easily with a camera or a video camera if you happen to have one of those. And when you're doing it, what you wanna do is actually open every drawer, open every closet, and just take either a picture or a short video of what's in there, what are the contents in there. Um, You want to go through every room in your house. You want to get a picture from every angle in each room. Um, Now, I know that might sound like kind of a pain, but I bet within two to three hours, you could get through your entire home of doing this by doing it one time. And then you have a pictorial or video record of all of the contents in your home should they be destroyed. All right, so what I learned with the whole... um, fire that my daughter had was that we did have one of the local companies um, help with going through and cataloging the things that they found in the fire. And they did a great job. You know, they went by things one by one, room by room, taking everything out. And then it was either smoke damaged and not cleanable or, you know, so it wasn't salvageable. It was either, either was cleanable or was cleanable. I guess that's the best way to put it. And, um, you know, everything is just so layered with the smell of smoke. You really have to have a professional help clean these things, which your renter's insurance or your homeowner's insurance does pay for as part of what your contents coverage is. So... Um, But what I learned through that is that if your fire is bad enough, a lot of your stuff is going to be unrecognizable. So you can hope that you can go through and catalog things after the fact, but the reality is that there were two rooms damaged in my daughter's home that you couldn't just go through and figure out what everything was. And um, you know, she had toys scattered all over the place, like any house with a four-year-old would. And those toys that were in a couple of rooms in her house were so destroyed, there was no way to know or see what they were it was difficult to distinguish a toy from an electronic from a you know a personal item so um, the cataloging ahead of time I think is really important all right so when you go into a room and you're taking pictures of things like I said take them from several different angles so you can see all angles of the room to see what's in there and then the um Making sure that you're opening closets, opening drawers to take those pictures is really important. So that's from a contents type of place. Now, the, the other thing is what to, how to uh, safeguard your documents or how to record the documents that you have. A lot of people want to have um, documents ready at hand so that they can use them at home. And so I think that that's important to to know exactly where your important documents are and to have the access to those at home. But this is the best piece of advice that I can give to people. Have the copies of the document at home, but have the most important documents that you have somewhere offsite. So whether it be a safe deposit box at the bank or whether you're using some type of internet cloud storage that is secure, very secure, and um, that that can be an alternate place to store them as well. And then the ones that you keep at home keep them in some type of fireproof safe. Um, so if you are if you're going to store records on your premises, the fireproof safes that are out there are only fireproof up to a certain level, most of them. So unless you spend a lot of money on a really, really high-end fireproof safe, your safes are designed to withstand heat up to a certain level. But that doesn't mean that in the midst of a raging fire that that safe can't be harmed. So um, here's what a lot of people do. A lot of people will take pictures of their house. They'll take their important documents and they'll put them on some kind of external hard drive. They'll back up their computers and then they keep their external hard drive in their fireproof safe. That is a great way to do it if you don't have too bad of a fire. But again, unless that fireproof safe is a super high end one, then you're not likely to um, have that withstand everything. So my recommendation would be to have some type of offsite backup. Have the fireproof safe, have your external hard drive there, but also have things backed up to some type of cloud system on the internet where it's secure, like a secure online vault, okay? Um, I can tell you that what I do is that about every six months, And if not that frequently, I try to make sure I do it before I go out of town on any long trip. I make copies of all my credit cards, all my stuff that's going to go on my wallet and things like that, and I store them in an online vault that um, I can access anywhere in the world with a secure password. That way, if I you know, get robbed when I'm somewhere, then I have access to them, but it's the same idea with this kind of record keeping. All these important records, keep them somewhere where you can access them if the... If, uh, disaster takes your home, whether it's fire or flood or whatever, um, have access to those documents somewhere off-site because that fireproof safe might just not get it done. Okay, and then Um, The the other thing is kind of thinking about, well, what are the records that you really do want to keep these copies of? So first of all, you're going to want to keep copies of any property deeds that you have. That's going to be an important thing for you to keep track of. If you have any trusts or estate documents wills, things like that. You absolutely want to have maybe a copy at home, but then have a copy somewhere in your safe deposit box or have a copy off-site somewhere. Insurance policies, automobile titles, stock or bond certificates, um, personal property inventory like we're talking about. These are the kind of things that is going to be really important to have uh, access to should you have a disaster. The other things that people don't always think about having put somewhere safe would be your marriage and your birth certificates, any military discharge papers that you have, passports, copies of your driver's licenses, copies of your credit card front and back. Um, and uh, I have made copies of my social security cards of all my kids and put them in safe deposit box too because, um, you know, it's kind of annoying. You never think about when you're going to ask get asked for that kid's social security number. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, son of a gun. Because, you know, you don't want to carry it with you and you don't really want to have it anywhere that someone can get. So I keep those in my safe deposit box. And um, those vital records, keeping them there can really save you time, money, and a lot of headaches when you have some kind of disaster happen. And disasters can happen. On average, U.S. fire departments responded to an 357,000 home structure fires per year that's a lot of fires <laughs> so this can happen and, and, and an ounce of prevention is is worth a you know a lot later on okay so the other thing is that um, you want to update these so and, and I realized I was very guilty of this like I said I I did this video of my house and thought you know I had all my ducks in a row but you want to update this um, at least annually and the reality is we all kind of change stuff that we own you know what we own now is different from what we owned a year ago and you may have changed and gotten new furniture you may have had uh, new you know possessions come in your house I know that I buy a lot of shoes and so <laughs> that is not something that's the same between now and last year so um the uh I, I know that there are people that might have questions about what online vaults that I recommend, and I I can't endorse them over the um, airways, but what I can do is tell you that if you give me a call, I can give you my opinion on the online vaults that I think are good ones to use. So give me a call, 605-217-3555. We actually have a great giveaway for people. It's called Fireproofing Your Records, and it's a little booklet that we've put together about for record retention, what records you want to keep for safeguarding them, what's the best way to safeguard them, and, and then a kind of a reminder to update them manually. I now have a reminder in my iPhone to update my records with doing a new video and taking new pictures of my house uh, just in case we have this. So happy to say everybody's okay in my family with this fire and we're moving through it and getting through it and happy to say that the prevention that we took with the renter's insurance is going to go a long way to getting us there. But if there's anything I can tell you, insure your property document your property and safeguard it outside of your home so that if disaster strikes, you are fireproofed. Thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk.
0: The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can ensure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated. Member FINRA SIPC. Third-party rankings and recognitions are no guarantee of future investment success and do not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a higher level of performance or results. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client nor are they representative of any one client's evaluation.